guys. Welcome back to the Retort Podcast. I hope everybody's week has been going great. The first week back from spring break. How are you doing, Jordan? It's long. It's going to go by pretty quick. It, this has been the longest week of my life. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I got used to not doing as much things, and now I'm doing things again. And I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> but on the bright side, the weather here is absolutely gorgeous. It's been uh, 50, 60 degrees the past like three days. A couple of you have already signed up for our pool tournament, which is very exciting. Um, I think we're up to like five or six people. So make sure to go and sign up for your chance to win a flat screen TV, a JBL speaker, and uh, or earbuds. Um, and, you know, have some fun. Play some pool. Show off your uh, pool skills. I wish we could join Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a lot of fun, honestly. I know. If I, if I wasn't putting it on, I would definitely do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially for the prizes alone, even if I didn't like pool. I got my stitches out of my hand. Mm -hmm. And it's really gross looking. And it, it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't hurt as bad anymore. But every now and then, I'll hit it just right. And it, like, makes me want to dig my own grave a yeah. little bit. With oh, my yeah. left hand, obviously. Because <laughs> my right hand is the one that hurts. Um, the other day, we were playing cards. And I had the deck in my hand and I threw it up and I caught it and like the corner of the deck hit right on my like the spot that I got stitches yeah I almost cried I'm not kidding I was like on the floor rolling it hurt so bad <laughs> but um sooner or later it's gonna be completely healed and I won't have a nasty cyst anymore the doctor I had my follow-up appointment the doctor mm -hmm. said it was like the size of a skittle Ooh. which is gross but yeah, that's uh, that happened. Um, how are your projects going? They're going pretty good. I got them. I got them approved. Just gotta do me tweak it a little bit, tweak up my, tweak up my proposal a little bit, but not too bad. How are you registered for fall? Yep. Right on. I have not registered for fall yet. It's lacking. I know. I am. I am. I'm just. I. I only have to take like five classes in the fall, so mm. I'm really excited. And then I'm graduating, so. Ooh. I know. Um, I registered for summer. I'm doing my internship and then a different class over the summer. Mm -hmm. And summer school kind of sucks because it's so expensive and you only get like six credits. Mm -hmm. Like the first year I did it, I did two classes over the summer. Yeah. Like the first, um, what's it, a bimester? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like the first section, the summer split up in two sections. Mm -hmm. So you could either take classes in the first half or the second half. And I did two classes in the first half and it was like, Upwards of two grand for six credits. I was like, that is almost as much as my regular semester costs for 15 credits yeah. or 18 credits. So I'm, I didn't do it again. But I have to do it this summer if I want to graduate early. So yeah, yeah, because I was originally supposed to graduate for this coming fall, but then I chose you push it back onto next spring because of track and field. So oh, right on. Yeah, cause my advisor tried try pushing me to graduate right away. So I was like, yo, hold up, I still got a couple more years of track left. Let me let me not got some eligibility left. Yep. And I'll go out with a full bank. You still got some, you just still got some PRs to hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not anywhere near done, right, Jordan? No. Nah. I mean, my body feels done, but my mind's like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of being in physical shape, I am so out of shape. Ever since my surgery, I haven't been able to work out mm -hmm. or like lift anything. With my right hand, I'm not supposed to lift anything more than five pounds. Oh. And, um,. I, at my follow-up, I was talking to my doctor about that, mm -hmm. and uh, she was like, you know, sometimes people can cheat 
if like it heals really well and yours is healing really well but if you cheat you could like permanently damage your tendons mm -hmm. and like restrict my mobili mobility in my finger Sorry. if i cheat so i have to wait the whole six weeks Dang. i know it's gonna be a cool scar though at least i'll have a a memory of it but it looks kind of gross right here because they cut into the callus of my hand oh yeah so like it's like folded over so it looks like it's open but it's not mm -hmm. it's weird my belly hurts i'm not feeling very lucky today are you feeling very lucky jordan i feel a bit drained but not too bad not too bad are Just you wearing green you're not nope me either <laughs> like, pink for the day. okay we're we're in a mutual truce here neither one of us are wearing green it is saint patrick's day the day we're recording this um, so you guys are in for a St. Patrick's Day themed episode, but uh, yeah, as of right now, I am not wearing any green. So I mean, my, my bag's green, so I'm not sure if that counts. Your bag and your water bottle's green too. Yep. Dang it, Jordan! We're supposed to go in the, on this together. <laughs> my water bottle's blue and my bag is gray. Dang it! <laughs> I always just say my underwear's green, even if it's not. Huh. Someone's like, "You're not wearing green." I'm yep. like, "Yeah, I am. My underwear's green." Take that. <laughs> and they can't argue because it's not like I'm going to show them my underwear. Oh, yeah. It's a solid plan. <laughs> Foolproof. Yep. Any, anything going on around campus, Jordan, that you've noticed in the dorms or anything? Nothing special? Uh, there's supposed to be like an international, was it like an inter international food, food dinner going on next, sometime next week? Oh. Yes. Oh, so like food from everywhere? Yeah. Exciting. I love food. Yeah, I went there last year to have during the lunch lunchtime and, and that hit. Really? Yep. Yum. I love food. Any food. From any country. I just love food. Yeah, can't complain about free food. Yep, exactly. That's my uh my biggest strength and my biggest biggest weakness is how much I like food. Yeah. I make good food, but then I eat too much good food. And the rest is history. <laughs> Um, and then there's also one more announcement from, so I did, so on April, f April 1st and April, April 2nd, 2022, MSUB is going to be hosting a powwow and this year's theme is called Re Resilience Celebration as, as I'll be held at MSUB Auschwitz Gym. Grand entry is at 6 p.m. And, and grand entry on Saturday is at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. as well. And registration entry fee is five dollars. Five dollars, age six, six and up. Children, children five and under are free. Are you gonna be there? Yeah. Right on. That sounds like fun. Oh yeah, it is. Especially they canceled it for the past two years. Mm -hmm. Like first year is COVID, last year because of COVID. Right on. You guys may have noticed that the mask mandate is no more. Yeah. Not mandate recommendation yeah i think that's a recommendation and yeah they're just masks are welcome but they're not required as of monday i think yeah. and i mean school is the only place i really wear a mask anyway mm -hmm. honestly anymore um i work i mean at the school and then i also work at the police station and nobody at the police station wears a mask and if i were to wear one i would get bullied <laughs> like actually bullied and i don't i can't my fragile ego can't handle that so yeah um but yeah apparently nowhere nowhere else in billings requires masks mm -hmm. so if they're catching covid it's not from school 
and it's from like you could easily get it from everywhere else you know what i'm saying yeah like if a student comes down with covid there's no way you can say well they had to have get it from got it, gotten it from class yeah because nowhere else is requiring masks yeah, but but during your test, once the test results comes out from the school, it's just like, it's like oh yeah, I didn't get it from the school, so it must be came from somewhere else. Mhm. Yeah, that was the reasoning, because yeah, it, they can get it anywhere mm-hmm. around town. Um. We saw this last year, uh, the declining cases around the summertime. Yeah. Maybe COVID doesn't like the sun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's a correlation does not equal causation fallacy right there. Yeah. Uh, all my communication majors <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Alrighty. We babbled for about 10 minutes. Do you want to get yep. right into it? All yep. right. And now it's time for. Stories with Jordan. Yep, and this and uh, and this inspiration for the story basically came from back in 2020 when I heard heard this man on the Jocko podcast as as well. I was listening to, listening listening to his podcast, listening listening to Jocko's podcast about this man, man who became became a Navy SEAL, a a doctor, and an astronaut, and by the age of 36. And after hearing his story, his background, and that inspired me to pursue his story. And in in addition, also also going on social media, I saw this meme that hey, don't show this to my, don't show this to my parents. Yep. <laughs> yeah, mom, dad, if you're listening, don't get your expectations too high. Yep, because this man achieved three three lifetime goals in one lifetime. Yep, you can't expect that from me. It's easier said than done. So let's get the story started. A warrior accepts the challenges of of life in true humility. No matter what his destiny may be, it can never be a cause for discontent, but a living challenge which is his privilege to surmount. Through Mars, here's the story, Johnny Kim, the man, myth, and legend. Dr. Johnny Kim is a former Navy SEAL, a veteran of, of two combat deployments and more than 100, well, more than 100 missions, for which he was awarded the Silver, star, silver and Bronze Star Medals with his Citation of Valor. Kim won a scholarship to and graduated from Harvard Medical School, and he is NASA's first Korean-American astronaut. At age 35, Kim has achieved far more than most of us would ever dream of performing in our entire lives. But it is his reaction to the abuse he suffered in childhood and his decision to become a protector of hum- humanity rather than a perpetrator of it. It's often seemingly inevitable cycle of inherited behavior that is most abnormal. Johnny Kim was born in Los Angeles, California, and is a first-generation Korean-American. His parents immigrated to the States in the early 1980s, a few years before he was born. Kim's upbringing remained private among his friends as he kept, in, kept, kept inside of him. He describes his father as a hard worker, uneducated with pure grit and work ethic, and, was in pure, and grew up in poor rural South Korea. Kim describes his mother as as his mother grew up in a middle upper class as her parents were both professors at Seoul University. Kim's father owned a, owned a liquor store in South Central Los Angeles. Much of his decision making is based, based on what not to do from his father. Kim describes his father as someone who held a lot of demons with, 
with people he lived with. Kim shares how, how his father tried to live with the demons but did not have the mental strength to get a hold of them. Johnny acknowledges that he loved him and speaks about his constant physical violence and mental abuse that, that he, his mother, and his brother suffered as his father hands while growing up. In addition to having a father who was an alcoholic and had effect had an effect while growing up, he described the omnipresent anxiety and concern for his mother and brother. Even at an early age, Kim became preoccupied with trying to protect them both, which culminated in his father spraying maize in his face, smashing his skull with the barbell. Afterward, Kim and his mother realized his father had retreated to the attic with the gun. The police arrived and ended up fatally shooting Kim's father. He describes the conflict he experienced even as, as a huge weight lifting off his shoulder. After years of abuse ended, Kim thought he was a re he was he was a rebirth, but the residential effect of these experiences was was to make Kim socially awkward and scared of creating relationships. He says the truth was I would I never fit in. I had friends in high school. Sure, we went to the Korean American school, but I remember being made fun of for wearing skateboard shoes to church, and to them I was too white. It seems funny now, but when but when you are young, that's it. That is your whole world. The experience affects you. How old was he when his father died? Uh, he was in his teenage years. Oh man, that's a very impressionable age. It's very interesting because that's obviously so terrible. And usually when stuff like that happens to people, um. I mean, it's traumatizing, and I'm sure it traumatized him, but he was it seems that like he was able to take that trauma and, like, use it, almost, and accomplish all the things that he accomplished. Oh, yeah, for sure. And be, being a SEAL physician and astronaut were all, were all accidents. Even sitting on Jaku podcast discussing his life experience is an accident. None of this was part of the plan. Through it all, Johnny states his upbringing is a different life with various humbling experiences as it seems like it was a big accident. And these are these are his Johnny Kim's words on, on a Jocko podcast. At, at age 16, he lost, he lost and heard about Navy SEALs from hanging out with his buddies during, during MMA, MMA. And one of his friends passionately described what a SEAL is. Johnny read a book, A Man with Green Faces by Gene Wentz. This this was all pre-9-11 and how sales do all the work without receiving recognition. Kim said he was a shy kid who struggled to make friends in high school and, and that he would have foreseen his future, including himself. High school was very interesting, he said. For many people, high school was, a, was just a big social experiment, and I think the value of high school was not so much learning how to be a great student, but I think it's learning how to interact with people and be social. Kim received high marks in his classes, including several advanced advanced placement courses, AP, and appeared to be on track to attend a university after graduating from high school. But Kim said there was something missing in his life, and he knew in his heart that that it wasn't there. At age 16, at, at a 16-year-old yearning to enlist in the Navy, breaking the news to his mother and was not easy. His mother in initially pressed him to join one of the service academies, including free college college education at least four years of military service but Kim says says he was adamant about enlisting enlisting service members are not required to have college college degree and are paid significantly less than commissioned counterparts who are typically required to con complete college the decision to enlist will forego any college plans and there will still still have it still a chance he will be forced to take a different job in the Navy if he fails out the seal training when Kim was 18 years old 
18 and finished high school, his mother dropped him off at the military entrance pressing station in Los Angeles, one of the last vestiges of civilian life before he transitioned into the military. Kim's father had recently died and was not alive to see his son join the Navy. Lieutenant Commander LCDR Kim enlisted in the Navy as a seaman recruit after graduating high school in 2002. After completing his training at Naval Sur Navy Special War Warfare, Kim reported to John F. Kennedy Special War, War Center School in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, for the Special Special Operations Combat Medic Course. According to Kim, attending attending school for six months should be a trauma medic as is as more complex more complex than attending medical school. He he learned how to do chest tubes, which is an operation that physicians train years to do through medical school and residency. So he learned how to do that in the field. No, in um, when he went to school over at over at Fort Bragg. Okay, so he enlisted in the Navy. Yep. And then after how many years in the service? No, he was still in the. Oh, he was still in the Navy, yeah, and he went so to medical school while in the Navy. Yes, but but the medical school is like later on. Oh, okay. It's like gotcha. down the road, but this is when he's currently in Navy. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So in which case, after after completing completing like the basics, basic part of Navy, he he was sent. Sent to go to Fort Bragg, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, for like for the Special Operations Combat Medical Course, and in Kim's words, attending school, in which case the school he had to attend to at Fort Bragg was only six six months long, so pretty much like taking medical school and residency, come back all that within six within six months. Goodness gracious, was he any good? I hope so. I feel like I'd want my doctor to go through the ten <laughs> years of medical school and residency. Yeah. But here in that part, man, that's crazy. But Kim obtained various various qualifications, including military free free fall par parachutist, combat dive, di diver, closed circuit rebreather, naval special warfare, special reconnaissance scout, and sniper and advanced special operations techniques. He was assigned as a special warfare operator to SEAL SEAL Team Three Charlie Platoon in San Diego, California. Once Kim arrived to SEAL Team Three, he was given he was assigned to attend sniper school since the team was out during deployment. There's three phases in sniper school. The first phase is pick, which is knowing and using an an SRO camera, which is basically like the geek, which is basically like learning how to set up your own network using sending photographs through radio airways, like all the tech, geeky, nerdy stuff in okay. a sense, in, gotcha. his, in his own words. And the second phase is scouting, and third phase is is the shooting portion of learning how to shoot. Neat. Snipers and are so cool. Oh yeah, and the craziest thing is like once, because usually, 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 with usually if someone, it usually takes like three deployments just to get into the sniper school. Oh really? Yeah. And he got in on his first one. Yeah. Wow. And the reason why he got in, why reason why he why he got into it was because because his because the platoon he was still on were were out doing their deployment. So because of that, I guess his commander was like, you know what, go sniper school since since there's since the team's out, so I was like, all right. Right on. And, which, and, and Kim served as a special operations combat medic, sniper, navigator, and point man for more than 100 combat operations spanning two deployments to Middle East, including Ramadi and Sardar City, Iraq. On August 2nd was the day... On August August 2nd, 2006... Uh, by the way, this, this portion is going to be a bit graphic, so you might want to change... Trigger warning. Yep, trigger warning. So on August August second, 
2006 was the day when Kim lost, lost his teammates. He was called to save his friend Ryan, who was lying down in a pool of his blood. Kim did his best to save Ryan by keeping his airway open, but, but could not, couldn't do much. Ryan was only one, one who was keeping himself alive. While Kim was arguing with the army people about going to Camp Ramadi to get, get Ryan, Ryan treatment, but they ended up stopping at an aid station that had no electricity as it was a place that, that was basically like a concrete wall, concrete wall and, wall and such. An army, army physician assistant tried to give, give Ryan an NPA, a nasophageal airway, which is basically like a nasal nasotrope treatment because, uh, because of its flare end or nose hose. It is a type of airway injunctive in tube designed to insert into the nasal pathway to secure an open airway. According to Kim, you would never give an N NPA to someone with a suspected facial and, and maxillary fractures to what Ryan had after being shot around the left cheek. Kim had to leave before entering the aid station, and once he came back, the PA had inserted the M NPA, NPA into Ryan, and, and the result was Ryan was coughing up blood, and the PA, the PA was shocked and automatically gave the orders to take Ryan to Camp Ramadi. So the PA screwed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the PA screwed up as Kim. Kim basically told the army people that he wants to go to Camp Ramadi because like that's where medical beca medical help. Would yeah. Be. Because like based on Ryan's injury, like he needed that medical help. Mm -hmm. And and of course, and of course, long long story sh long story short, they you know and because of the, since since Ryan was coughing up blood, and the PA basically was like, all right, take in take Ryan to Camp Ramadi. The result led to Ryan surviving for a while. He went blind. Afterward, Ryan told Kim that he, he was the last person he saw. According to Kim, like Ryan likely became blind secondary due to secondary infection, swelling, and trauma. Ryan had multiple surgeries, and unfortunately, during one of his surgeries, he died. Before Ryan died, Ryan thanked Kim for standing up for him and everything he did. In Kim's words, that day was his biggest failure. That's so terrible. I always find it absolutely baffling that uh, these people are sent into war zones mm -hmm. and they witness the most horrible things. And then at the end of their tour, they're, you know, or at the end of their service, they're just dropped back into society. And like, how can you expect somebody to ever be the same or ever like, be yeah, exactly. Be the same after seeing the things that they've seen. Like they need... They've been traumatized beyond beyond anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they've seen the worst of the worst. And how can they just pick up and start their lives back up again, you know? Like, I, I just can't imagine. Mm -hmm. So, so once, once he got done, he, once, he got, once he got done serving his tour, he was commissioned as a naval officer through the, through the Navy's Enlist to Officer Commission Program which is Seaman to a Admiral 21, following graduation from University of San Diego in 2000 and 2012, where he graduated with a, with a degree in mathematics. And once Kim, Kim was done with, with University of San Diego through the Seaman, Air Seaman to Admiral 21, it didn't consider the, the Seaman to Admiral 21 route did not consider, consider it to, to attend medical school. And while Kim did receive various scholarships and financial aid, to to attend Harvard, but he didn't receive the benefits to support his growing family. So Kim 
Kim reached out to Jocko, which is his former commander, commander while, while serving a tour, in which Jocko, as, as, a, as a civic officer for approval, by telling, telling about Kim's story and how, how he has goals and aspirations to go to the Harvard Medical School. Mm. And he already been accepted, received all the scholarships and stuff, but he wanted to still be on the Seaman to Admiral 21 program because of all the benefits to support oh, his family. Gotcha. So then once once Jocko told told the civic officer about about gaining approval for, for Kim so that he can do do the program as well as telling telling him about Kim's story, the civic officer shared Kim's story with the right people, right people on the board for who makes these decisions. And automatically automatically the people on board automatically gave approval, like, oh yeah. Like if we have, if we have a Navy SEAL that's going to Harvard, Harvard to get his medical degree, oh yeah, that's no brainer. Let's give it. Mm-hmm. Give it to him no matter what. Well good. So which case which case he ended up Johnny Kim ended up attending Harvard Medical School and was instantly granted permission. In which Kim obtained his medical degree from Harvard Medical School and completed his internship with Harvard affiliated emergency medicine res- residency at Massachusetts General Hospital and Brink Brinkham and Women's Hospital. And crazy enough, he graduated with a GPA of a three point nine eight. That's insane. And Kim decided and once once he got done with medical school and did a medical program for a while, Kim decided to pursue and pursue to become an astronaut because because of the significant impact of how NASA had an effect on hum- humanity. NASA's impact on the global stage brought people from different countries worldwide together. In Kim's words, the people didn't see each other as as from various countries as they only saw each other wearing blue and lots and lots of space. And Kim believes that pursuing NASA will impact generations in hopes of inspiring people who who are scared and don't think that they will amount to anything. He wants them to know that it doesn't matter where you come from if from if he can't reach out to them. Even with failures you can amount to something else if you have the right attitude and hard work. They can do positive work and be a positive impact in the world. Kim put his name into the hat matching matching his personal ethics. He met met a former astronaut who inspired him through some random accident, telling him how great NASA is, and he did his research research and applied. Soon after, he got accepted into the NASA's astronaut program. In in, in Kim in Kim reported for duty duty in August two thousand two thousand seventeen and completed two years of training as an astronaut cadet. Training included technical and operational instructions in International Space Station systems. Systems, extravehicular activities (EVA) operations, T-38 flight training, robotics, psychological, physiological training, expeditionary training, geology, water, wilderness surviving training, and Russian language proficiency proficiency training. Oh my goodness! In 2020, Kim began to support support of International Space Station operations as a capsule co- communicator, Capcon. In Mission Control, Houston. In 2021, Kim was selected to serve as the International Space Station Increment Lead, lead, lead for Expedition 65. And to close it all off, here are his remarkable, remarkable achievements that Johnny Kim has achieved, achieved so far. Silver Star, Silver Star Medal, Bronze Star Medal with Combat V, Navy and Marine Corps Com- Commendation Medal with Combat V, Combat Action Action Ribbon and various Combat and Camp and Service Awards, Distinguished Honor Graduate, Navy Hospital Courseman, HMA School, 
Commandant's List Special Special Operations Combat Medic Course, Joint Operation Joint Special Operations Medical Training Center (JSMTC), Naval Special Warfare Medic of the Year Special Operations Medical Association, Tillman Scholar, Pat Tillman Foundation Trust Trustee Scholar. Trustee Scholarship, University of San Diego, summa cum laude, University of San Diego Naval Reserve Officer Training Corps, Phi Beta Kappa Honor Society, Kappa Gamma Phi Honor Society, and Motar Board Honor Society. Wow. And that's the story of Johnny Kim. That's absolutely insane. Um, I've never really thought about it before, but being an astronaut would be like one of the most difficult things to ever do. Like, I've always been like, oh, yeah, astronaut, it's hard, you know? Yeah. It would be one of the most difficult things to do. Like, think about, you have to be good at, you have to know things about engineering, mechanics, uh, human anatomy, physiology, um, science of space. Like, that would be, it's just so many topics, you know? Yeah. And it'd be so cool to be an astronaut. I wish I just knew all that information and didn't actually have to learn it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just it was just like implanted into my brain. That'd be cool. That way I could just be an automatic astronaut. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jordan. That was a great story. Very interesting. I'd say he gives that one guy the most interesting man in the world, Peter Frushin. Yeah. I'd say he gives him a run for his money. Oh yeah. Honestly. Okay, so the day with March 17th is the day that we are recording this, and it just happens to be St. Patrick's Day. So we thought we'd uh, do a little bit of a St. Patrick's Day theme for this episode. So I have a couple of uh, some history and some fun facts and uh, for Jordan to react to. And uh, yeah, so Jordan, what do you know about St. Patrick's Day? No, besides, besides, it's a celebration from Ireland, mm-hmm. Ireland as well. In addition to having people to wear green, where usually everything's green. Did you know that the color was originally blue? I heard about that. Yeah, that's one of my fun facts. Um, yeah, did you hear about like the how the river in Ireland was? It's always green year round. No yep. Matter what. Yep, and yeah, the Chicago. I I have a lot of stuff about the Chicago River. Mm. So, in March seventeenth of the year four sixty one. St. Patrick died. Mm-hmm. And St. Patrick actually wasn't really given a saint status. Mm-hmm. He was just worshipped by the people of Ireland because he brought Christianity to Ireland from Britain. And yeah, he was originally, St. Patrick was born in Britain, so he was not even Irish. Um, he was kidnapped from Roman Britain and brought to Ireland at a, as a slave at the age of 16. And... Uh, The shamrock, he was the first one to coin that the shamrock, like the three-leaf clover, Mm -hmm. uh, represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Allegedly. Like I said, this was in the year 461. So (laughs) it's like a very big game of telephone. So this is what allegedly happened. But the Irish have been celebrating this as a religious holiday for over a thousand years. Um, Irish families would traditionally attend church in the morning and celebrate in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what St. Patty's Day is known for, more so than, I didn't even realize it was that religious of a holiday. I mean, it's St. Patrick, so I knew there was some element of religion to it, but especially, like, t- in today's times, it's more of an excuse to get drunk. Yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the traditional Irish meal is cabbage and bacon. Hmm. 
which sounds gross, but I actually like both of those things. So, I mean, I don't think it'd be that bad. At the same time or separate? Oh, I don't know. I should. Oh. I'm guessing at the same time. Hmm. Maybe even like bacon wrapped in cabbage. Yeah. Or cabbage wrapped in bacon. Hmm. Like just a whole cabbage just wrapped with bacon. I don't know. It'd probably be pretty good, honestly. I mean, cabbage is kind of gross, but oh, bacon, yeah. I feel like the bacon flavor would overpower it, you know? Oh, yeah. It'd be like bacon-flavored cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as I said, the shamrock uh, allegedly represents the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit of, you know, Christianity. Um, today, however, the three leaves represent faith, hope, and love. And uh, the first St. Patrick's Day took place, you know, guess where it took place? Ireland. In America. Really? Yeah. Because there's so many Irish people in America after the potato famine. Oh, yeah. So um, one of the first celebrations actually took place. I think it was in Boston. Hmm. So that's kind of neat. I read this. Goodness gracious. I read this statistic um, about how there's more people in America with Irish heritage than in Ireland. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of all the people, Irish people who came over after the potato famine. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's true or not. Don't quote me. I might have misread that. But like I said, the original color for uh, St. Patty's Day was blue. Oh, it's right here. This statistic. 3.7 million U.S. residents have Irish ancestry. This number is more than seven times the population of Ireland itself. So not anything to do with heritage. Just there's three times more people in the U.S. with Irish heritage than there are actual irish people in ireland oh yeah so that's kind of neat um so uh we're talking about the three-leaf clover Mm -hmm. but you know the four-leaf clover uh represents luck yeah and so i said the three leaves on the three-leaf clover represent faith hope and love Mm -hmm. and the fourth one is supposed to represent luck and um, that's just some symbolism for you. But your odds of finding a four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000. Hmm. So if you find one, that's, like, crazy rare, obviously. That's yep. the whole name of the game, you know? Um, so in Chicago today, they did dye the Chicago River green. Mm-hmm. And um, this is actually – there's a whole story behind why they do this. The tradition started – did you ever read The Jungle by Upton Sinclair? Um, probably part of it. It's about uh, mostly the meatpacking industry yeah. in Chicago uh, at the turn of the century, and um, just but just about how terrible the conditions of city life were. Mm-hmm. You know, people living in basically on top of each other. There's no sewage systems. There was sewage in the streets. Uh, people were polluting. Nobody really cared. Um, people would fall into vats of processed meat and be processed with the meat and sold. Oh yeah. Meat would be rotten, and there would be, like, rat poop on it, and they'd just cover it in lye and – not lye, but chemicals and sell it to people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that was an age of, you know, cocaine in your drinks. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, anything is possible. But actually, in the novel The Jungle, Upton Sinclair talks about the pollution of the Chicago River Mm -hmm. and uh, how it was basically, like, sludge because people didn't care, you know. They were polluting it. And so the tradition of dyeing the Chicago River green actually started with that, trying to find the source of the solution of the pollution. Mm-hmm. So they would dye it green to find the tr- green trash, 
because the the green in the water would eventually dissipate, mm-hmm. but the trash would stay green. Oh, yeah. So it would make it easier to see. Mm-hmm. So that is how the tradition originally started. Huh. Nothing to do with St. Patrick's Day. Oh. But it's stuck, and it's a lot of fun uh, for people in Chicago. So the powder dye is actually, yeah, it's a powder, mm-hmm. and what they do is they have two boats go through uh, the river. One dumps the dye, and the other one swims. Do boats swim? What do boats do? Just float. I don't know. The other one follows it. I don't know. Yeah. What's the verb for boats don't swim, do they? Do they? Know. Do they? <laughs> like, because cars drive, people yeah. swim, animals swim. What do boats do? Why can't I think of it? Oh, so they provide buoyancy by excluding water and shape, shape to get stability. Yeah, but like, what's the verb that they use for when they're moving? Swim? It's not swim. Vessel. Vessel? They vessel around? One second. Elevator music. Sail! Sail. It's sail. It's sail. The boat sails behind it. Yep. Okay. Little brain fart moment there, but we're back on track. Yep. So, um... I don't know. It's not really a sailboat, though, so it kind of sounds weird to say it. But the other boat follows and mixes up the powder with its propeller. Mm -hmm. So um, the powder dye before it goes in the river is actually orange. It's kind of weird. But once it reacts with the river, it turns green. Um, But the exact ingredients of the dye are confidential. It's a closely guarded secret. And uh, apparently it's supposedly safe. But there's no way they can know that it's really safe for, like, sea life. I mean, not sea life, but, like, um, and the environment, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they say it's safe, but yeah. environmental agencies have raised protests about it. Um, mostly because they're scared it's going to inspire copycats mm-hmm. to use a non-safe dye and try to dye the river green with a toxic dye or something, you know. Yeah. So, as long as... Uh, that doesn't happen. We're good. But it takes 45 minutes for the entire river to turn green. Ooh. And it's green for a couple days, about a week, I think it was. Let me look. Mm-hmm. I definitely have it in here. Yeah, it's just several days. It's green. Uh, yep. And I tried to find some information on the fish. Does it like, turn the fish green? Or can the fish see? And I couldn't find anything. So nope. <laughs> I hope the fish are all right. They're yeah. probably partying just as hard. Yeah, why not? So, with the story you just told, Jordan, do you believe uh, there's such thing as luck? Oh, according to Kim, Kim's words, it's most likely accidents. Most likely accidents? Yep. But some people, you can't argue, some people are more lucky than other people. Oh, yeah. You know? True extent. Like, some people, just more good things just happen to them, and that's just... But it's just, it's a very interesting concept. Like, I would say um, Kim made his own luck. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we say that he was lucky for his accomplishments, it would sort of diminish his accomplishments. Yeah. You know? Like, he worked his butt off for what he got. And he definitely did not have a very lucky life. No. But he came out on top at the end. Well, it's not the end, but he's still alive, right? Yeah, he's yeah. still alive. Age 36. Yeah, age 36. He's not even 40 yet. Goodness gracious. Yeah. 
But I don't know. I feel like I do believe in luck. There are little things that happen that are just lucky. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, I don't necessarily think finding a four-leaf clover is going to make you more lucky. Mm. I just think it's, I don't know, the way the universe plays out that day. There's just so much stuff we don't know about. What's the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you? Shoot, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I got to think about this for a second. I guess I was in a side-by-side accident. Mm. I have this nice little scar on my forehead. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. No. I mean, if that would have been a couple inches down, it would have been my eyeball. Nope. I would have lost my eye. So I guess that's pretty lucky that it was on the hardest part of my noggin. Or not my temple either. My temple would have been bad too. It's right on my forehead. Mm-hmm. So that's lucky. And for my, for my one thing, one of one things I can probably think of was, was how I got, I got accepted to, to go to Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls to attend this leadership conference. But you applied for it, right? Hold up. Okay. So, so with the story, I was, I was this was like my sophomore year. I was going to school over at Central Arizona College, and then I was I was of course drinking star drinking Starbucks, just chilling chilling. Of course. Day. Yep, just drinking Starbucks. Of course, student union, union on my phone. Also, was going on Snapchat. Snapchat. Also, I get a text message from this from the from my tribe tribal scholarship scholarship organization. Like, and usually I, usually I don't answer the text messages because usually most of the programs they send me. I don't even qualify for it, so I was like, what's the point? Uh-huh. So at this point, I just the guy, the guy says, click on this link. So I'm like, yeah, it's good. Let's just click on it. So I click on it. It's like this leadership conference talking about how, how it's how the, the, the organization that hosted this leadership conference is, it's called Society of American in American in Indian Government Employees, in government employees, and 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 how. And how if you're selected for the uh, selected to go to this conference, they'll pay they'll basically pay you pay you to go 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 to this conference year round, free free trip free round trip as well as staying at f- staying at this whole staying at this fancy hotel go go to go to check out Niagara Falls and such. And the crazy thing is that 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 deadline after application was due that exact same day. So then so I look at it I was like. Oh, oh! Look at that! Look at that window seal! Like, oh crap! It's due today. Mm-hmm. So then, so then what I did was I got on the phone, contacted contacted the the tra- the scholarship office. Like, hey! Then told them asking about who who basically sent me this program. Like, oh yeah, it's our director. So, so let me transfer you to her. So I was like, all right, man. So then I get transferred to the the director. I was like, hey! So so I received a text message about this about this leadership conference in Niagara Falls. I told her, yeah, I'm gonna I'm do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do application if you do my letter of recommendation. She's like, all right, all right, see you later. So, so during that most of the entire day, which of course I had, I had class, I had class, work, and practice, and somehow, some way, I was able to get that scholarship application done. I submitted. Next thing I know, like within a couple more weeks later, I, I get an email. I receive email. Then I received, uh, received, received that I've been accepted to the program, and. And from there, I met like a bunch of wonderful, wonderful, great people, mm-hmm. or, like some of my peers, some of my peers who who I still talk, still talk to him to this day. As, as from one of one of them got accepted, just recently got accepted to go 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 to law school over at, over at Michigan State University. Oh wow! Then the other one got accepted. I think it was actually law school over at Columbia, Columbia University over in New York. Cool. So like the Ivy League school. Then, then another one like another friend of mine. He's a He's a Chica- he's a acti- he's a Native American activist in Chicago, Chicago Neat. as well. So it's like it's more lucky that you 
clicked on it and you happened to look at it because usually you ignore those text messages, yeah. right? Yeah. So you that one time you were just like, sure, why not? I'll just click on it. And then you're like, oh. And then you had to like, you know, work the entire day to get your scholarship in. But, oh, yeah. And then you were selected. That's really cool. Did you get to go to Niagara Falls? Yep. I toured everything. How was it? It was great. I went there one time. I was two, so mm. I don't remember it. But there's pictures to prove I was there. So <laughs> yeah, plus plus I was able to take to take the boat ride down oh, down really? on Niagara Falls. Yep. Cool. And that's awesome. And the crazy thing is, when I was over there, that was the same time, time with the NBA finals was going on. It was Golden State versus versus Toronto. Oh, really? So it was like a perfect time. Uh huh. And I was so so. Me and my friends we were watch we were, we were watching the game, watch the game. Of course, that's when when we first watched the game. KD gets injured. Clay Thompson gets injured, uh-huh. and then the rest is history. And then on our final night, final night of of staying over there, I was I was hanging out in my in my friend's hotel hotel with hotel. We were watching the game. Next thing you know, we we found out we found out they win. It's it's midnight on the East Coast, East Coast Niagara Falls. We're going crazy. Everything's going crazy. You look across, look across on the Canadian side. They're doing fireworks, fireworks and such. Oh my goodness! And we were literally just about an hour about an hour and a half from Toronto. Oh, that's so exciting. That's so neat, Jordan. That way beats my story. Okay, I have a different story of luck. So I go to Michigan every year to see my family. Mm. I'm, I was born in Ann Arbor, so my whole family's there. And um, we usually bring our dog because we can't leave her by herself for a week. Mm-hmm. And um, she's really scared of fireworks. And so when we went, it was over 4th of July. And my baby brother got stung by a hornet. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we found out shortly after he was stung that he's allergic he started to break out in hives and his like throat started to close we had to rush him to the er Mm. and i mean he drank a whole thing of benadryl like a whole bottle and um that helped a lot so he was fine but we were in a rush to get to the er and that was before the fireworks started on the fourth of july oh yeah and we get back at around eight or nine so it's dark out and we can't find our dog anywhere Mm. and the fireworks have been going on for like an hour now yeah so what happened was she was left out like, we were in, like, a – it's, like, a resort almost, but it's not. It's, like, an area with cabins you can rent. Oh, yeah. And it's right on the lake. So, it's just – like, my whole family had the entire thing rented out. So, we left the dog out. It wasn't a big deal. Like, my entire family was there. So, um, we couldn't find her at mm. all. And we figured she spooked after she heard the fireworks because she gets scared. And she probably ran and found somewhere to hide. We're, like, we're never going to find her. We're in Michigan. We're in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. Um, we don't know anybody here. Nobody knows us. I remember like freaking out, you know, crying. I was outside. I was walking down the side of the road up until like two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. which is four o'clock here. Yeah. And, um, just screaming her name, like sobbing. This one car pulls over, sees me on the side of the road. I mean, I couldn't have looked great. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was not doing good. I was having like a mental breakdown, obviously, because I had lost my dog. And I thought she was, I was looking in the ditches. I thought she got hit or something. I don't know. And, um, I was just, you know, sobbing and this car pulls over and rolls, opens the door, looks at me and then closes the door and drives away. I was like, they're probably just check. I I hope they were just checking on me and not trying to abduct me or anything. But, um, I was just like sobbing. And then finally I made it back to the cabin. We couldn't find her. I slept and my parents got up at like five and went to go look for her and they there's a a mile down the road there's a little ice cream shop it's like the only shop within like a 10 mile radius and so um, we go my parents go there and 
they're talking to the lady at the counter. They're like, hey, have you seen this dog? She has black fur. She has curly black fur. And she walks with a limp because she had hurt her shoulder. Yep. So she was walking with a limp. And um, they were like, no, I'm sorry. And this little la- old lady was sitting having coffee in that store at that exact time at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And she goes, actually, my husband said something about his friend finding a dog like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, here, let me ask him. So what happened was her husband's friend found our dog, brought it, brought her to a shelter specifically for golden doodles. She was a golden doodle. Mm-hmm. So they brought her to a golden doodle, sh- golden doodle shelter. And her husband's friend happened to tell her husband, her husband happened to tell her all within a span of like three hours. Mm-hmm. And she was just happened to be sitting at the right place, at the right time <laughs> for my parents to come in wondering. And we got our dog back. Ooh. But apparently there was already like a family lined up to take her because mm-hmm. she's such a great dog. Like there's already a family looking at taking like adopting her mm-hmm. because, you know, she was just well tempered and everything. So it's just crazy that we were in the exact right place at the exact right time mm-hmm. to get our dog back. And we did. We got her back. Ooh. So, yeah, it was insane. I do believe in luck, but I think there's a big difference between luck and hard work. Yeah. You know, like. You can make your own luck if you work hard enough. Oh, yeah. All right, you guys. I think that's all we have for you this week. I hope, well, we hope you enjoyed and that you have a very lucky day today. Do not get pinched. Wear your green. If anybody pinches me, I might throw hands. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Facebook, and Apple Podcast. Make sure you sign up for the pool tournament on March 25th at 1 p.m. And I guess we will talk to you next week. Our lives are stories in which we write, write, direct, and star. In leading roles, some chapters are happy while others bring lessons to learn. But we always have the power to be heroes of our own adventures. Joa Speranza. Mm-hmm.